Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How's it going for you? It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Yep, going good. Um, so we had an interesting episode last week, uh, so it's been about a week since we've talked about games and whatnot. Uh, what have you been playing in that time? I've been bouncing around a few things on uh, Game Pass. I started up Forager. That's uh, kind of your basic, you know, crafting game. I only just got into it. And when I say I just got into it, I mean I played like an hour and a half of it. So I'm still kind of new into that. Um, bounced around a couple other games. Nothing really of import to talk about. It's just one of those things that, you know, I played this. It was okay. Don't think I'm going to stick with it. So you never know. Um, just nothing really interesting. I'm still waiting for something really interesting to come around. Okay. Okay, we have kind of an email about that as well later on, which we'll uh, get to this sort of year for for games and stuff. Um, uh, for me, uh, I had a bit of a um, uh, experience with Guardians of the Galaxy because I kept playing it. I was enjoying it. Something happened. I got annoyed at that thing that happened, and then I decided to put my review out, but later decide if I was going to continue playing it. I decided to continue playing it, which is what I'm doing now. The game is getting better. Um, it's a, it's an odd game because it's it's doing some very good stuff in terms of the character, like the work with the characters. I mean, one of the big um, things with the Guardians of the Galaxy is like the banter between them because they sort of don't really get along, but they do, and they're kind of family, and they sort of shout at each other a bunch and that kind of stuff. Um, and you meet some other characters along the way. Gameplay still kind of like iffy in certain spots. At, at certain times, the gameplay is really good. At other times, it's quite sort of just run of the mill. Um, so still, many many of my thoughts um, are still it's still in my review and everything, which you can check out. Um, but uh, put that kind of out there because I kind of said at the time that even if I decide to keep playing the game, which obviously I did. Um, my thoughts would still pretty much remain the same. It's just the the plotting and the the kind of the pacing of the game is letting it down a bit. I'm up to chapter 11 out of 16, so I might as well kind of finish it. I'm still enjoying it for the most part, mainly for the characters and stuff. Like I really like those interactions, and I still like the um, traversal and 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 kind of how that's mixed in with the puzzle solving and everything. That's still pretty good. Um, have you seen much of the game at all? It's it's been out for like up to a year almost now. I mean, I see clips for it every now and then. Um, usually, it'll come up in like a a YouTube recommendation or a a Twitch fails or something like that. And nothing that's really made me want to play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a letdown for the gameplay perspective. Sometimes there's just kind of too much going on and where you have like five characters blasting and exploding things and jumping around and there's kind of particle effects all over the place the game can't really handle that at certain points i'm not talking about from a performance issue i'm talking more from like a almost a graphics issue of like that there's so much going on that the game sort of doesn't know how to handle it uh so that's kind of a it's i'm still enjoying it like overall it just it could be could be better in some places which i think they could clean up with a uh sequel if they get the chance to um that's pretty much what most of what i've been playing um been trying to uh sink some time into that um i think i mentioned i was playing it on on last week's podcast so i I should 
possibly have it finished by um, next week's episode, then I can kind of move on. Uh, other than that, I've been playing some COD. That's been pretty good. I've uh, been having some fun on there. But uh, other than that, not too much of massive noteworthy stuff. Um, got some games to go on to after that, so we'll see what I make of those going forward. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that. Uh, so that's it for our gaming talk uh, section. We do have... Uh, I, th- I feel like we have more news than sort of impressions and stuff this week to discuss, so uh, let's swiftly move on to that. But before we do that, let's get into some housekeeping, and we'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra, so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, um, put my review out today for Stranger Things. This is for Season 4, Volume 1, so how this works. Basically, there's seven episodes available right now for Season 4 of Stranger Things. It is called Volume 1. There's going to be a second volume released on the 1st of July. That's going to contain the other two episodes, and that will be the whole of Season 4. But so far, we've got Season 4, Volume 1. Why they did that, I don't know. It's just what Netflix decided, so I decided to review it in that way. Um, but yes, uh, spoiler-free, obviously, for the start. Uh, but a very, very good season. They gave that a must-see rating. So that's for Stranger Things, which I'm sure most of you have heard of before. Uh, speaking of my <coughs> Guardians of the Galaxy review, I put out a kind of... Um, well, it was a spoiler, spoiler-free split one. Because there was, there was like one section of a spoiler discussion that I wanted to talk about. But um, you can hear a lot of my gen- more sort of like uh, further gameplay impressions and that kind of stuff. That's a possible skip rating. I feel like it fits perfectly within that sort of category. So... Uh, That's that for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Did a couple of TV season reviews as well. Uh, Shining Girls has now finished its first season on Apple TV+. That's the Elizabeth Moss show. Uh, That's really, really good. Gave it a must-see 
um, rating. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. And you can go and watch that on Apple TV+. Plus. Not renewed for a second season, but doesn't necessarily actually need one. So you, you, you could go either way with that. But uh, very, very good first season. Uh, me and David returned to do our Season 4 preview for Westworld. It's going to be coming out. Uh, towards the end of June, so we talked all about our predictions and you know the characters, that kind of stuff. It's been it's been about two years or so since Westworld's been on 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 the air, so we discussed all of that. So that's your Westworld season four preview. Uh, the boys came back for its third season. We had a triple episode one, two, and three for season three. I review I watched all of them and then reviewed all of them for the Diabolical Seven podcast. That's for the boys, and that's available on Amazon. Prime, or whatever it's being called these days. Uh, I did a podcast called Why You Shouldn't Watch, and it's for Inside Number 9, basically taking the, the exact same idea, the exact same formula of the Why You Should Watch podcast. Basically, those episodes are designed to do spoiler-free, not really reviews, but talk about the qualities of a show and why I recommend it, all that kind of stuff, who's in it, where you can watch it, what it's about, you know, just kind of selling the show, that sort of stuff. Uh, this was taking that exact same thing but switching it around and talking about kind of why the show's fallen away for me and uh, why I recommend that you kind of don't watch it. It's, it's basically just a sort of I don't recommend this podcast uh, or recommend this uh, show but for those particular reasons. So you can check that one out if you want to. Uh, Grey returned <clears throat> to Entertainment Talk and we discussed uh, Heartstopper Season 1. It has been renewed for a further uh, two seasons so up to season three. Uh, that's of course uh, Netflix's newest LGBTQ show which is great so we discussed all of that. Uh, again, spoiler-free, spoiler-split review for that one, but that's another must-see rating review, so that's really good. Over on the chat podcast this month, I talked about America. There's lots of things happening in America right now. I'm sure most of you are aware of what's going on, so I discussed all of that. I also talked about TV and how I sort of judge um, if I'm going to actually podcast on the show, so I talked a bit about that kind of process and talking about uh, certain shows that are coming up for June, whether I do or don't plan to uh, podcast on them and how that all kind of goes. So a little bit more sort of behind the scenes kind of talk and also talked about uh, Pride Month as well, which we are in right now. So that's good stuff for that. Over on the United cast, I did a wrap up podcast for the 21 to 22 season, which is the one that's just finished. Uh, talked how, about how uh, things went for Manchester United and kind of looked forward to discuss, you know, what the team needs to do next season. All that sort of thing, you know, the usual wrap up kind of podcast. So I talked about all of that. I uh, did a couple of um, uh, rankings list podcasts. This is for top five worst Marvel and DC TV shows. So not Arrowverse specific, not MCU specific, just Marvel and DC TV shows. And then I did a list for um, top ten best Marvel and DC TV shows. So I've now done all four versions because I've done best Marvel and DC films, worst Marvel and DC films, and then best and worst of the other two. So all four of those different ones. I have currently done. And that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, so that's that. Let's move into the news. Alright, so we'll start off, um, I haven't actually got this written in the in the title, I might uh, change that, depends on what um, how I feel later. Uh, but we got a bit of a rumour mill-esque sort of news, this was reported by quite a lot of 
outlets today. Uh, VGC, which is probably the most reliable of them, uh, did make a post about this as well. Let me just open my specific news tab so I can actually read the article. So this comes from VGC, which is Video Games Chronicle. We've um, cited them a few times on here. Uh, other podcasts have done as well. I know on Sacred Symbols they've referenced uh, VGC for various different news and they've been very very reliable with a lot of things they've talked about so um toys for bob uh says could be working on a new crash bandicoot it's claimed um the studio was believed to be hiring for a non-cod project last year uh, toys for bob could be working on a new crash bandicoot game it has been suggested uh speaking on the windows central xbox uh chats today podcast have you heard of that do you listen to that i know you listen to the other xbox what one is it that you listen to? The Major Nelson? Yeah, the Major Nelson po- is podcast? the one I listen to. Okay, is that, what it's actually, is, that, is that what it's actually called? Uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's Major Nelson, so okay. it's basically his podcast. Okay, so there's another one called um, the Xbox something podcast. Uh, Windows Central journalist Jez Corden uh, implied that he has knowledge of a new Crash Bandicoot title in development at the studio behind Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time, as well as the remake trilogy um i do have to make a little bit of a correction here on this article uh those two games weren't made by the same developers so what he's talking about here is crash bandicoot 4 uh that was made by toys for bob that was obviously the sequel to the you know 20 year old trilogy uh the remake trilogy was developed by vicarious visions um again don't want to like moan at anybody i'm just sort of correcting that little piece in the article um but uh yeah toys for bob is supposed to be doing this when another guest on the podcast, Rand Al Thor, um, predicted that Toys for Bob could be working on a new Crash title that could possibly be shown at the upcoming Xbox and Bethesda showcase. That's next. That's in a week's time, isn't it? Uh, Corden asked uh, sarcastically, "Where did you get that info, Rand?" Before saying later, "I wasn't supposed to leak that." Uh, While well, clearly inferring that it could be true, uh, I haven't heard this specific conversation myself, so I can't I can't speak to the exact quote here. Uh, VGC reported late last year that Toys for Bob was potentially hiring for a non-project for, for non-project projects, as suggested by a listing on its internal career site. Uh, the studio which developed the Crash Bandicoot um, Insane Trilogy again, that's not correct. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Four, it's about time, which is one that they did, and the Skylanders franchise. I think Toys for Bob did do the Skylanders games but they didn't do the insane trilogy uh had recently been transitioned prominently into support for call of duty specifically the massively successful free-to-play warzone uh last year activision blizzard confirmed that um all its core studios are now working on the call of duty franchise however at the time toys for bob still implied that it would be working um on the crash franchise in some form uh the xbox and bethesda game showcase will be held sunday 12th of june so in a week's time uh, the event will start at such and such time, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern, 6 uh, British Standard Time. And will be on your normal platforms, YouTube and whatnot. So there's some very interesting information here. There's an interesting kind of timeline to go over. Because I've spoken a, half a dozen times on this podcast about Activision's studio mismanagement, which continues to baffle everybody. Um... So there's, there's an interesting sequence of events here, right? Where Toys for Bob, they released Crash Bandicoot 4 in 2020. I think it was October 2020. A couple of months later, it was it was a very, very short period of time after that, news was announced that Toys for Bob was going to be moving to COD support. That was the kind of the quote, which meant Warzone support. 
because obviously Warzone is kind of the the cash cow. Even though Call of Duty, even though Call of Duty itself is still a cash cow, um, Warzone is a big cash cow as well, and and that's one that you can have a cash cow from like through the entire year, because um, people play it like all the time and that sort of stuff. But one of the bits of information that came out at the time was that Toys for Bob was doing support work for Crash Bandicoot Four. Now I did a podcast a few months ago. Um, uh, there's nothing particularly that happened that made me do it. I just felt like talking about it, and I talked about how Activision almost killed its cash cow, which is Call of Duty, because of what happened with Cold War and Vanguard, and how the games were being mismanaged and the studios were being mismanaged, and how it created this sort of like just bad situation, um, both for COD and for Crash and for Spyro. Um, and and unless you're called Call of Duty Warzone, you're in kind of a bad spot at Activision. Because uh, even the Tony Hawk developers, I think that was uh, Vicarious Visions or Beanox, they got moved over as well. Uh, if you remember, Vicarious Visions was moved over to Blizzard Games, I think. I can't even specifically remember every single movement that's happened because there's been so much and it's sort of all, all, very, all very weird and doesn't sort of make sense. But the, the, the quote that I'm sort of like, huh, doing that for... Is when they said we're going to be doing support work for Crash Bandicoot 4. But between then and now, which is almost two years, nothing has happened with Crash Bandicoot 4. It hasn't even had like a sort of, hey, we patched it for PS5 so you can play it on this or whatever. N- n- nothing else happened with Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, so, was it the case where Toys for Bob, instead of support work for Crash 4, which at the time was like, huh, that doesn't make any sense, the game's already out. Um, was that sort of misspoken about and it was actually they were working on this game instead uh, what, what do you what do you kind of make of this whole convoluted situation <laughs> I mean it's possible that they mistook and just had a, a game they thought they were working on or maybe the game didn't have a title yet so it had a code name that was close to something like that mm. that's always a possibility outside of that I mean it's one of those things that We'll never know the real, real, real. Right, right. It's just like, whoever report... I can't remember specifically where the first report came from, but, like, it would be a bit of a big confusion if you're like, oh, no, they weren't doing support work for Crash Bandicoot 4. They were making a new game. That's that's two kind of, like, very different things. Um, Because what I hope has happened in the last two years since Crash Bandicoot 4 came out is that they've spent... At least some portion of those two years working on... Because this game's supposed to be called Wampa League. I think I've spoken about it before. It's supposed to be like a new party game. Because out of... When when Activision decided to revisit Crash. And they went, okay, we'll remaster the first three games. Success. Okay, let's do Crash Team Racing. Success. Okay, let's now actually make a sequel to Crash 3. Which was Crash 4. All of that happened. All of that worked out really well. But it was after Crash Bandicoot 4 came out in 2020 that all of this started happening and Activision went, hey, Warzone's a success, let's move like eight of our developers over there. Uh, or or like all of all of our core Activision teams, like move them over there. And everyone was like, okay, great. So you're just milking COD and like, what what does this mean for, for Crash and for Sparrow? Um, some people were also saying today, and I, I do agree with this as well, because after, I think it was, I think it was in between the Insane Trilogy and Crash 4. We did get the remastered games of the first three Spyro games. I think that was Toys for Bob as well, I, I think. Um, 
yeah, kind of like because that that game came out, and because we've had like a Crash Four, a lot of people are saying like, okay, well, don't kind of leave Spyro behind. Where's his fourth game? I agree with that, and I remember saying. I think it was at different points last year that my prediction, before all of this happened, my prediction was that every other year we'd get Crash Sparrow, Crash Sparrow, and then maybe like a, you know, a party game here or there, or a crossover game, or some other like third type of game involving maybe the two of them. Because don't forget, Sparrow is a playable character in Crash Team Racing, in in the uh, remastered game. So they have tried to like do little bits and crossovers and stuff like that. So um, I hope this game's real. Um, I think we'll either hopefully i mean we've got a bunch of stuff coming up right we've got the games fest summer games fest thing and we've got the activision um uh no what's it called the xbox bethesda showcase, showcase. Where, where, where crash could be shown off there i know not all, all the i's have been dotted and the t's have been crossed on this activision deal but it would kind of make a certain amount of sense it would be weird to see crash like at an xbox conference but it doesn't really matter um so we'll see how the, all this works out but um there was like just one after the other today, loads of links from different um, websites saying like, "Hey, new Crash game in in development." Um, but I'm glad this hasn't. I'm glad this game hasn't just gone dead and quiet because I do want to see what they could do with this. Um, and I'd much rather have this than a remaster of Crash Bash because Crash Bash is not a good game at all. I, I I don't think you could even really save that game with a remaster or a remake. I think you just need to go like, "Hey." You know, having these fun characters like Spyro, Crash, and everybody else is good. I- a good idea for a party game. Let's just kind of do something new. Um, so we'll we'll see where that all goes. Um, but yeah, uh, hoping to see it at some because we got a bunch of events in the next couple of weeks. Hoping to see because all, all we want right now is j- just a teaser trailer to just tell us that this game is actually real. Um, so we will. Uh, we will see, because I'm not expecting, like, release date trailer, gameplay demo, all, all this other kind of stuff. I'm just expecting, because um, the minimum I'm kind of hoping for is, like, a, a trailer, just to say this game is real, and then just maybe bump it to 2023. Um, we shall we shall see. Although, in 2020, when Crash 4 was revealed, we got the release date in the first trailer, and it was released, like, three, four months later, because the, the trailer, I think, dropped in a... I think in June of 2020, and they were like, hey, it's out in October, and it just came out, and that, that was it. So, we shall... You never know, it, it could be out this year, um, but we need to know that this game is actually completely real. First, um, let's move on from that, stick to Activision for a bit. Uh, talk. Uh, I'm going to talk very briefly here about COD Modern, Modern Warfare 2. There's not any like new information per se, but um, I actually got sent an email about this as well, which I thought was actually, actually kind of fun. Um, and it's been tweeted out by different places. Um, I think on Wednesday at 6pm UK time, so 10am uh, Pacific Standard Time, uh, we're going to get the campaign reveal thing for um, for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I'm hoping this shows, off, shows us a first glimpse of gameplay, because we already know the release date of this. I think they said it's October 28th. Um, but uh, I'm hoping to... Now, now is a time where I'm like, okay, you... you we we know the old team is kind of back. We know kind of what the story is. Let's just just now you can start telling us about like okay what exactly is happening in multiplayer, and show us actual like you know what what can this new engine do and what what does the gameplay look like for this one. So hoping to see a bit of that in the campaign trailer. Um, because in terms of like an actual campaign trailer like a story one, I don't really need that because we're already kind of because. It's interesting because when you get to the end of um, Modern Warfare 19, 
you almost kind of get a bit of a story trailer for Modern Warfare 2. Like, you get a very clear setup of, like, this is our next terrorist character to take down, and we're going to go for that. And it was immediately obvious of, like, okay, you're going to go straight into that next time, which is what they're they're looking to do. Um, but, yeah, what I want to see next from this is gameplay, and hopefully we get to see that on um, Wednesday. But uh, we shall see. Uh, anyway, that's all the other, that's all the kind of like bits and bobs outside of the state of play that I've got. Uh, let's move into the state of play. We had one. When was it? Thursday? Yeah, it was on Thursday because it was when the uh, the boys came back for its third season. Uh, I didn't write down everything because uh, what what how I kind of treat these state of plays or press conferences and stuff is just write down the stuff that I'm interested in actually talking about. Um, if you've got obviously any other stuff we can go over that as well uh, but the big thing, the thing that they came straight out with I think they said March of next year um, Resident Evil 4 remake uh, with PSVR 2 content they also revealed I think it was straight after the Resident Evil 8 is going to be because obviously that game's already out is going to be playable in uh, VR which is going to be very interesting with the lady uh, the Dimitrescu, what's her name again? Dimitrescu, um, yeah. Yeah, the big, the big, uh, the big woman, as everybody calls her. She, she won. Uh, did she win Performer of the Year? I think she did, didn't she? Yeah. Um, last that was last year, wasn't it? Because Performer of Performer of the Year 2020 was Laura Bailey as Abby. So I think last year for the Game Awards, it was the woman that plays her. Um, yeah, gonna be interesting for some players to see her up close in VR. I'm sure some people will like doing that, and if that's something that you want to do. And you got Resident Evil late, and you want to experience it in that way, you go for it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with um, with that at all. Um, then I saw I didn't get I didn't manage to take a did I take a screenshot of um, Neil Druckmann tweeted out um, about Resident Evil Four basically because Neil Druckmann obviously director of The Last of Us One and Two, um, which are two games I very much love. He tweeted out and said, like, hey, good to see this is coming to PlayStation 5. And he basically said, like, I've played this game a bunch of times. I really love it. Which, obviously, you know, th- this came out way before the first Last of Us game. Um, which give which gives me... I mean, there's already been a lot of really good talk over the years about Resident Evil 4. Um, and it's one I'm curious to get into. I just... With Resident Evil 4, I don't trust the franchise. Because it's... Like, if you look at like, how many films have we had, how many games have we had, we've had these, like, TV things. I'd say probably over 50% of that whole franchise has been pretty bad. Because um, out of the games I've played, I only really enjoyed the 2 remake. I played the 3 remake. It was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but it didn't do the sort of things that 2 remake did really well. Um, obviously they're continuing this now, they're going to uh, remake Resident Evil 4, so this will be my my chance to like step into this franchise for the, or this game into the, to, to, for the first time, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Robert, where do you kind of stand with Resident Evil and the whole franchise, and uh, what do you make of 4 getting a, getting a remake? Never really played it a whole lot past the first game. I know 4 has a lot of um, division between the fans, because so much of the game is basically just one really long escort quest uh-huh. and that can get frustrated when the game forces you at a pace that you don't necessarily want to go at. Um, the resident evil. Yeah. I'm not overly shocked that that's going to be in VR. Uh, we did get a lot of VR from uh, the state of play. Um, I'm also shocked there wasn't more, but hmm. yeah. Um, I, th- I did take a screenshot of Neil Druckmann's tweet. I'll just read it out. 
Uh, he says, Resident Evil 4 is one of my favourite games of all time. I played it day one on the GameCube, then again on the Wii. That would have been interesting. Um, and I'm currently making my way through the Oculus... Sorry, the Quest 2 version. I can't wait to dive in on the uh, PS5 and PSVR 2. So is he suggesting he's going to do another two playthroughs? Where he's going to play it on PS5 and then PSVR 2? That's kind of a... That's Hard cool, telling, but you know, yeah. how many times have you played through Last of Us 2? Let's be honest. T- six times. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that was for different trophies and all that kind of stuff, so there we go. But um, given that what I'm kind of saying is they're both, like, obviously they're different zombie games, different plots and that sort of stuff. Obviously, like, Last of Us is a lot more serious and dark and grounded, certainly more grounded than <laughs> Resident Evil's ever been. But uh, given that he's kind of like Last of Us clearly takes some inspiration from this, then if this is the way he's talking about Resident Evil Four, um, so that's good. That, that's a good sign to me anyway that uh, he really loves it, and hopefully uh, the Four remake version will be very very good. Um, my one kind of comment because I I don't think I'm gonna. It depends when I get a PSVR two and when it even comes out and how much it is. Obviously they got those questions. I wonder because I've spoken about this before. I spoke about it last time with Star Wars Squadrons. If you've got a game like, let's say, Resident Evil, and it supports VR, sometimes that doesn't work properly. Because um, I've played that with the Ace Combat games, that was, like, supportive of VR, but that was in, like, a cinema mode. It didn't really actually use VR properly. And then in the, in the Squadrons game, it just... To, to me, it didn't even look like it was configured for VR. Um, yeah, what, what do you make of, I guess, Resident Evil 4 and 8 in uh, VR? A lot of that is really going to depend on the controls and how accurate they are. I mean, controls are everything in a game, but even more so in a VR game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can see it working better in um, in Resident Evil 8. Because uh, I think you could do that a lot better with the first-person stuff. So, we shall see. Uh, are you planning to jump into uh, the full remake at all? Uh, no. No? Okay. Have you never was never the biggest fan of those games anyway, so Okay. Okay. Uh but that was that. Um then we got some animal based games. One's called Stray. This has been previously announced. There's been some gameplay shown off route before. Uh but I think they showed a July nineteenth date for this. And they also said I think it was it's with the second and the third tier of PlayStation Plus that you'll be able to get this day one if you're subscribed to that, which I will be at that point. Um, so I'll be able to play this on the on the PS Plus thing. Uh, this game looks great. I, I as I've said before, with um, what was that duck game? Untitled Goose game. Um, with that and with things like um, dogs. Uh, I think it was called Dogs Life on PS2, which is a game I need to go back and play. Uh, the idea of controlling animals in these kind of environments is is kind of cool. Obviously, you've got um, you've got things that are much much less realistic and grounded, like uh, you know your goat simulator and stuff like that, but um, this, doing this with a cat, you've got some, like, futuristic, dystopian futuristic kind of setting and, and that sort of thing. Um, I'm kind of wondering what you're... Because they didn't... They, they showed a decent portion of the gameplay, and obviously you don't want to show, like, everything. I wonder what your attacks are going to be. Because a lot of what the player was doing in those portions was, you know, obviously, cats very athletic, can jump around all over the place very fast. And they were kind of just running away from a lot of the enemies. Um, what do you make of this game, and what do you think the uh, attacks could be? A lot of it's going to depend on if your character even needs to attack, because there's no right. guarantee that your character has to do that. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there was like some weird 
cyberpunky thing, so maybe it's more of a, a stealth hacking game than anything else. It's mm. one of those things we just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. So you think you just stealth and run kind of kind of thing, maybe? It would make more sense than trying to aggro on a cat. Hmm. Yeah. Unless you're fighting other cats. That could be a possibility. Yeah. Um. They didn't. They, they, they didn't seem to be fighting the because you got like these android things kind of walking around. Didn't seem to be fighting those quite so much. But uh, are you interested in this game? Are you going to play this at all? I'll definitely watch somebody stream it. I don't know if it's a game that I'm going to want to play or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. But yeah. They said that's on uh, PS4 and PS5. So that looks. Interesting. Uh, and then the game I've been waiting for for a while, uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners VR 2. Um, basically a sequel to the first game, which is cool. Uh, looks like it's just kind of taking the same... And this isn't... I'm not saying this in a bad way. Um, looks like it's taking the same kind of formula and stuff, the same gameplay loop. There was nothing wrong with the gameplay loop anyway. Um, but adding more weapons. There's like a chainsaw at a certain point in this gameplay thing. I don't remember being able to have that. I remember you could. There was a lot of melee weapons you could have, like obviously knives and machetes and uh, baseball bats with nails on and stuff. Um, you could get things like bows and arrows. You could get obviously guns, but you'd be obviously very limited with ammo. Um, so yeah, there's nothing wrong if if they just simply hey sequel to the story. I'm not quite sure how exactly you're going to do that because there's like I think a couple of different endings that you can get actually. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, follow on from that story in some way, shape, or form, because they've got the woman from the first game, because she says, um, hey, tourist, or whatever, she's somebody that talks to in the in the first game. Um, but, yeah, if you just take that, and you put more weapons in, and you make the gameplay better, and I, mean, I mean, you don't even really need to improve it that much. Um, the only thing you could potentially look at doing, and this is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on for the VR2, is... Um, how you, because obviously turning around, you can simply look left and right and you can walk forward, you know, turning corners and stuff. Um, but I wonder, because I can't remember what they've got on the VR2 controllers, but, um, if you're playing a first person game like this and you're not using the PS4's con- or the ps 5 controllers, so obviously you'd have analog sticks, you'd be able to turn around a lot easier. How are you going to? do that a bit better because i i think on the playstation vr version which has got the, obviously the old move controllers um you clicked i think it was you pressed circle or square to shift left or right and it was it was okay it was doable but you know we got a vr2 unit coming up there's a way you could hopefully make that a bit better i don't know what exactly the answer is but um it's up to sony to to kind of figure that out and um, what do you think of the gameplay for this yeah, I mean, it looked cool. I don't know how the gameplay is going to be. Again, it's one of those things that we're never going to know until we get our hands on it, so. Yeah, yeah. It was, with the first game, it was... Sorry. Okay. You out there? Oh, he's muted.
Sorry about that. Somebody decided to ring my work phone at 3 o'clock on a Sunday. Hmm. Funny. Time for that. Um, yeah, so with the with, with the gameplay loop of the first one, the, the, the physical kind of mechanic of... it. Let's, let's say you had like an, uh, uh, a baseball bat with wires on it, like a Lucille Negan type of thing. The actual act of like, if you've got that in your hand... And you're swinging, you're physically swinging, and you, your bat is like swinging where you want it to, and you smack it into a zombie's head. That that mechanic itself couldn't be much better. I mean, it worked the same way if you if you've got like a screwdriver or like a bladed weapon, and you let's say got a machete and you smack it at the top of a zombie's head, or if you've got a screwdriver and you like stab the zombie's head. The mechanic of doing that worked pretty flawlessly. Um, apart from the old time where the VR would kind of glitch out a bit and the it would it would not work properly, but um, I don't know how you can make that aspect that much better. But um, we'll, we'll see what they can do with this game. But I'm very much looking forward to it. I have no reason to think that this is going to be bad, so we shall see how that works out. Uh, then we saw uh, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, this looked a bit more um, chaotic than the first time that they showed it. I'm still interested in playing this game because the, the, I remember the first gameplay thing that they showed a few years ago. Maybe looked quite good. Um, the characters look kind of interesting. It looks a little bit different to your usual kind of Final Fantasy stuff, so I'm kind of interested in that because um, you got this like almost medieval fantasy kind of sort of thing going on here. Um, but yeah, the gameplay looked it looked a bit sort of you know that sort of crazy JRPG stuff that you kind of get where. There's these massive monsters and you know, all, all this kind of crazy gameplay stuff is happening. So that threw me off a little bit. I didn't quite gel with this trailer quite so well. But I still think it looks good and I still have some interest in playing it. Uh, what do you think of the Final Fantasy 16 thing that was shown here? It was alright. I mean, I grew up on the OG Final Fantasy. So the stuff that they're coming out with now is, you know, it's your Final Fantasy. It's not my Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, any interest in playing that at all? Nah, not at all. Oh, okay. Uh, they said summer uh, 2023 for that, which I find interesting, by the way. There was a few reports that we've read out before and reports that were coming out of saying, like, this game's basically done, this game's playable from start to finish, and I understand you don't want to rush your games out. I wonder, so what's going on in terms of, because we're summer 2022 right now, and there's been lots of quotes and reports and stuff of like, this game's done, basically, it's like pretty much ready, you can play it from start to finish. I wonder then why it's going to take another year for this game to come out. Um, what do you think could be the reasoning be- behind Localization, that? maybe? Really? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, we'll see that uh, next year at some point. I'd imagine we see it. Between now and then, but uh, we shall see. And then uh, they showed Horizon uh, VR um, for the PSVR 2. I wrote down that it reminds me of Apex Construct, and I did write it needs really good movement. So, again, this is going back to the same first person VR thing of Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Um, if you go and look at the because some of you might not have, I, I don't really hear me people talking about this game. There's a game, I think I did some gameplay videos for it on the YouTube channel, it's called Apex Construct. And it was basically this futuristic thing um, where you had your two move controllers and you could you know, pull pull it back for a bow and arrow, that type of stuff. And you had different arrows that could do different things. You had like shock arrows, that type of stuff. And you were going through the world doing various different tasks, solving different puzzles. Uh, there was computers that you put codes in and you know that type of thing. 
Um, and there was different robots that you would fight. It's a very good game. I really, really did quite enjoy it. I thought the bow and arrow stuff was pretty accurate and pretty good, which again for the old move controllers is is quite good. Um, I for if if that game can be as good as what that is, and you have a newer game in Horizon that's probably got more budget able to put into it, and on PSVR two for PS five. The only thing that they need to make sure, because from the gameplay that they showed, a simple kind of like looking left and right and shooting different robots and stuff, I don't think that's going to be any problem whatsoever. But even in the normal, the third person Aloy games that we get, uh, Forbidden West and um, uh, Zero Dawn that we've got, even in those games the gameplay can get kind of hectic. You know, you've got robots jumping over you and these big robots and all that kind of stuff and it can get a bit chaotic. And I wonder... Because um, even in the game, you're you're jumping, you're sliding, you're you know, diving all over the all, all over the place and everything, and even that can get kind of chaotic. So I wonder how the game's going to handle that in VR, where you're literally up close because you're in first person and in VR. So, for example, the act of like, let's say you want to run towards a robot, you want to slide, and then like you know that thing that Aloy does, right, where a, a robot jumps sort of over her. She's sliding along the ground. She's turning around. She shoots an arrow into it. What is that like to do in VR? And especially when you've got um, some of the bigger robots. And they're sort of stomping all over the place and all that. Um, and you're sliding and jumping around and shooting. And you're kind of turning around and stuff. I wonder how the game's going to handle that. What they showed looked great. I had no issues with what they showed. And obviously you've got... Um, interesting climbing mechanics and stuff that's always worked pretty well by the way you know you know the climbing mechanics they showed of where you'd literally physically move your arm and you'd grab the next bit of a branch or, or a cliff or something and, in, and then you'd physically kind of move yourself forward um i haven't played a vr game yet where that's not worked properly and i've played quite a few of them obviously um but what do you think of kind of what i said here and what do you think of uh, the gameplay that was shown robert yeah i mean something like that it's just gonna have to be a different mechanic and a different style for combat because it's, it's not going to work you might get uh, motion sickness if you have to do those uh, uh-huh. divey roll things in the first person right. yeah yeah um what did you think of the actual uh, gameplay that was shown it looked all right yeah yeah um see although i've just said that right iron man vr is because you can literally if you point your because you can literally point your hands in certain directions depending on where you want to boost, and if you're like on on you're starting on the ground obviously in a in a certain level, and it's like hey Tony, there's an enemy over there, and you just boost yourself over to it. Although that could get a little bit out of control in certain points, that was surprisingly well handled in that game. Um, considering you're literally you're flying in full 360 degree, you're flying up and down and left and right and diagonal all this kind of other kind of stuff. Um, even in certain areas on that game, where you're in a building, because uh, I, me- I remember there was a boss fight in a building, um, and there's all kind of like pipes and all, all this kind of stuff in in this like closed little area, uh, and even that was like really good. Um, but once you got used to the flying mechanics and sort of when to boost and when to just glide, um, I was able to kind because of, you can also use like a hover button if you want to stay in a certain position, and then you point your hands forward and you do the physical. Iron Man, Iron Man stuff, that game's so good. <laughs> but um, even that was like handled pretty well. And even when, even in that particular boss battle, or I won't spoil who it was, but um, 
that villain is kind of like darting all over the place but that that was like really surprisingly well handled um so that was uh quite good but in horizon i suppose you won't be flying in the way that you are with iron man and uh, the most you'd probably do is what jump off the cliff and use the glider thing but that won't be that chaotic so we'll see uh but there's a lot of potential here certainly um so there we go um please c- can someone just make an iron man vr2 because <laughs> i'd really like another one of those uh that was uh that was so good uh anyway that's it for the uh is there anything else from the state of play that you saw that you wanted to talk about i know there was like the Man, no man's sky stuff and and all that yeah i did see that they uh, are going to put spider-man on the pc which is always very <laughs> interesting because insomniac games was very emph- emphatic that spider-man in fact would never come to pc uh wrong on that count mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of cool think, that I, I still don't think it would come to xbox no, it's never going to come to Xbox, but it's going to come to PC. Yeah, um, yeah. It's cool that Tony is getting ported over to the PlayStation mm. platform. That's a decent game. Everybody should get a chance to play it. Yeah. I may have to, like... Because even when I watched Alana play it, and I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if this game's really kind of for me. Maybe I could uh, like still give that a shot. Because you never know. I might like it more than I think I'm kind of uh, going to. Have you played uh, much more of it yourself? No, I kind of fell off that wagon with that one boss I can't get past. See, I'm not a Dark Souls player, so <laughs> when the bosses are Dark Souls, it kind of holds up things for me. Yeah, yeah. There was one particular boss battle in uh, that, you know, that Kenya Bridge of Spirits, really, really mm-hmm. good game, where e- even in the comments for some of the walkthrough videos, it's like, oh, this is where it turns into Dark Souls. <laughs> but uh, still a brilliant game anyway. Um, anything else that you wanted to see that they didn't show or, or anything like that? Uh, no. I mean, it would have been nice if we'd have gotten a price on the psvr2 um given how much vr content they did have at that a price wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities i could Mm. understand if they didn't want to because they haven't finalized it yet but still you know this is something that people need to budget for and save up for and they don't know how much they have to save up for yeah yeah um yeah I, i i i doubt that's coming out this year right possible it's unlikely but it's possible i mean i think if it was going to i think they would have said holiday 2022 at least um you don't have to say like november 10th or whatever you could just yeah. say holiday That's like what 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 um excuse me hogwarts legacy have done kind of like hey holiday ish we haven't figured that out yet but that point in the year so uh there we go uh that's it for all my new stuff this week robert what do you want to talk about well, an interesting piece of uh, computing uh, hardware is coming up for sale. Um, an original pre-production Apple One. And for those people that don't know, the Apple One was the original Apple computer. And it was basically a motherboard, a keyboard. And you had to do some screwy-ass wiring to get it to plug into a TV to even have a display. Um, this is coming up for auction at a private uh, collection. Uh, the seller, Jimmy Grewell, is the founder of Dubai-based private collections of vintage Apple products. Um, the big important thing on this is that the CPU is actually signed by Steve Wozniak and was even built by him. So there's mm-hmm. maybe 75, 80 of these things in existence. Probably only the one that uh, he's ever autographed. Uh, mm-hmm. Early estimates have it going between somewhere between four hundred thousand and nine hundred thousand um, dollars, because an earlier version of that without his signature uh, sold for five hundred thousand at auction last year. So, mm. 
What do you uh, What do you have? Do you have Android, uh, Apple? What do you have? Your phone? Uh, my work phone is an iPhone. Um, my personal phone is an iPhone because my parents both have iPhones, and so it's easier to troubleshoot for them if I'm on the same platform. Right. And plus, I don't care. I see all these Android Apple fanboys, and I just want to cringe. Right. Yeah. It's, I, it makes the same phone calls. You see the same social media. They see they all steal your same data. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally do prefer iOS a lot more to Android. I, I had an Android phone for two years, and it just it it was a bit messy in from my perspective. Because uh, iOS has been known to be a bit more automatic with certain things, and I actually like the way it does. It also felt a bit more professional. And a bit more sort of like a, a premium product. Um, I mean, there's lots of different Android phones you can get. Obviously, there's only certain iPhones that you can get. Um, but no, I, I much preferred iOS to Android. I, I wouldn't see myself ever going back to, to Android. So, um, But I've got a, uh, I think it's a 5SE or something like that. So, but uh, no, I like it. I, I don't need a, because um, I've got. Apple TV Plus and stuff, which I still think is the best streaming service, is also the cheapest as well. Um, but uh, no, my laptop's a Windows one, um, and we don't have any like Apple. We don't have really anything else Apple in this house apart from my. Um, I think my dad's got an Android phone or some strange phone like that. And my mum's got an iPhone. So, which again, like kind of what you said, if she has trouble doing certain things, um, and I show her like, hey, on my phone it's similar or different in this way, so that means. You know, I can sort of help her in the same way that you're uh, describing. Yeah. So now, when it comes to computing platforms, I have an active hatred for Apple products because they sunset so much, and they do not support legacy, and it bites them in the ass all the time. Um, long time ago, um, almost damn, it's almost ten years ago, I used to do uh, iPhone support. Yeah. And when I believe the iPhone five came out, we got flooded just buried in tech support calls because this was when you had to activate your iPhone on iTunes on a computer and these people had Mac computers and the Mac computers were so old that it couldn't update iTunes to the current version and they couldn't activate their phone. Mm. So their solution was to find a computer that had it or buy a new computer. Like, oh, this is out of date. You can't update your software anymore. You can't Everything you've purchased, you can't get access to unless you buy another computer. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Now, I remember when Apple did that. That really sucked. So, but... Uh, they still do that. Right. You don't have to. But now you just activate the phone at the carrier. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Shinji uh, Hashimoto, who is the producer of Final Fantasy games and the co-creator of Kingdom Hearts, is retiring after 28 years at Square Enix. He announced his retirement on Twitter, saying he was, quote, very grateful to everybody and looking forward to continuing his support for the company as a fan. Hashimoto joined Squaresoft in 1995, serving on producer almost every mainline and spin-off Final Fantasy game from Final Fantasy VII onwards. He also helped produce games such as The Last Remnant and The World Ends With You. Uh, probably his biggest coup was for Kingdom Hearts. Um, in a conversation with Final Fantasy creator... Uh, Hironobu uh, Sakiguchi, he wanted to develop an, an open-world game akin to Super Mario 64. However, they both felt that they needed a mascot as strong as Mario to carry the game and felt that Disney was the only company that had that kind of star power. 
in a fortunate turn of events, uh, Square Enix and Disney shared an office in the building they were working at, and Hashimoto randomly found himself in an elevator with a Disney executive, and they he pitched the concept, and the history is after that. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, Hashimoto says that he's leaving the company in high spirits, encouraging fans and former colleagues to say hello if they ever see him. <laughs> so almost 30 years, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he said in the elevator that he wants to make a game called Kingdom Hearts 500 Days or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts is almost a franchise that I I should like because I love Disney characters and I love Pixar characters and all that kind of stuff. But it's the Kingdom Hearts... It's, it's the uh, Final Fantasy stuff that kind of doesn't click. Because um, when I dipped into Kingdom Hearts 3 for uh, a, a few hours... Um, I was basically just saying like, okay, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna make sure I play this part until I get to the Toy Story level because I know I have to play that bit. And then after that, things kept happening, and I was like, no, I think I'm I think I'm good. I did the Toy Story stuff. I think I'm, I think I'm good after that. So, um, but uh, I don't know if I'll play any other any of the other games. Um, in terms of Final Fantasy, I have a bit of interest in 16. Never really clicked with the seven remake. I think I tried it a couple of times. But um, I, I sort of I look when I see different clips and images and videos and stuff of Final Fantasy, I'm sort of like, okay, I I feel like I should like this more, but I don't even know which one I'm supposed to play because I know you don't have to jump into one, then two, three, four, five, you know, that kind of thing. You can jump into seven or fifteen or ten or whatever. But because they got different gameplay styles and different characters, and I'm like, okay, which, which one of them's gonna be like better for me? And I've never really kind of gotten the answer. So, but I'll I'll try sixteen still when it uh, when it comes out. Um, how about yourself with Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy? I played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts when I had a roommate back in '05 who had a PS2, and I got to play a bit of it. It was an okay, you know, open world hack and slasher, but nothing that really blew me away. Never really continued on with the franchise after that. Yeah, yeah. I just think when I was at high school, um, and it was either one or two that was out at the time and it was on playstation 2 and i was going to i went around this friend's house of mine very regularly obviously he was a school friend and we hung out after school and we played video games and stuff i remember there was a point where on his bed he had kingdom hearts 2 i remember picking up up the case and it was that you know the um darkly lit uh poster that they've got i think for kingdom hearts 2 and i remember looking at it and thinking oh this looks kind of cool it had um sora with his key sword but um I wonder if, like, if I'd have played that at that point, because I could have always, like, borrowed it and taken it home or whatever and played it. If I'd have played Kingdom Hearts 2 at that point, or Kingdom Hearts 1 at that point, that could have changed things a bit more. But I sort of, like, something came up and I ended up playing probably FIFA or COD or something like that. And then, obviously, I never dipped into it. So, uh, who knows? History could have uh, have been a bit different. So, there we go. Uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, if you were counting on getting your docking station for your Steam Deck, uh, that ain't going to happen. Production of Valve's official Steam Deck docking station has been delayed indefinitely, the company has announced. In a Steam news post, Valve said, quote, due to both part shortages and COVID closures at the manufacturing plant, uh, the official Steam Deck docking station is delayed. No information was provided about the expected duration of this delay, with the Valve simply stating it is, quote, working on improving the situation. Now, these issues will not affect the actual production of the Steam Deck itself, with Valve explaining that both products are made with different parts in different factories. 
So I don't know if you even had a chance to get a hands-on uh, with the Steam Deck yet. I have not. I don't really have an interest in it because I don't really find myself in situations where I can play mm. games mobily. Um, it's kind of frowned on when you're driving and playing a video game at the same time. So, mm-hmm. Well, if I could sit in the uh, school lobby where I clean, someone does my cleaning for two hours and I play a Steam Deck, I'm happy to do that if I still get the money. But... Uh... Um, but, uh, no, apart from the, apart from the very short time when I'm in the car on the way to and from work, uh, which is like 10, 15 minutes, um, cause I had that period, didn't I, where I was dipping into playing on the, on the Switch at that point. I think I was playing a bit of Metroid Dread at the time, which was obviously a great game. Um, and it, when I next get my next Switch game, which could be the Kirby game or it could be something else, um, I may start doing that again. Um, just to get that, just to get that a bit more game time. I mean, you know, you could do one or two levels in that time, possibly. So, especially on a game like Kirby, you know, it's fairly uh, good and all that. Um, but it, what's interesting to me about the Steam Deck is I am hearing from a lot of people. You know, people like um, Paris from Kind of Funny and Jim uh, Cadicarus as well, all saying that they're really enjoying it, which is great. If 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 there's something that you have, obviously, the money to, it's very expensive. Um, and it's something that's going to suit your lifestyle a bit more, which is a bit more on-the-go gaming, and it's got the games that you want on it, I'm sure it fits perfectly. Uh, I'm sure that's like a dream scenario, and obviously it's a lot more powerful than something like the Switch, so it'll be able to run... I, I think I've seen people playing like God of War and stuff like that on it, So and like Control and those sorts of games. Um, but every time I see someone post a photo of like, oh, I'm playing this on my on my Steam Deck, is it called? Uh, every time yeah. they're playing it on that, I just look at the top right and see the, just the arrangement of buttons with the analog stick. And I'm like, how are you comfortably playing that? Because <laughs> it, it doesn't look comfortable to play. Uh, there could be a point of like, hey, if you played it for a bit and you got used to it, but I, I wouldn't see that happening. But... No, probably not going to get one anytime soon. If I'm going to be doing any portable gaming, it will be on the Switch, uh, which is good enough for me. Obviously, that's kind of a bit more limited in terms of third-party games where this kind of more satisfies that need. But it's not something I it's not something I can or want to buy, um, and it's not something I actually need either. So it's a, it's a no from me at the moment. Um, what, what do you think of the Steam Deck, and what have you sort of seen of it so far? Uh, me personally, it's not something that I would need. But it is a very affordable option if you can't invest in like a big powerful uh, machine because the base um, device itself is only $400, which is very reasonable. I mean, it's not you know going to blow you away with the, the specs, but... Mm, it's not a $1,000 gaming PC. Yeah, it's not you know $1,200 with 900 of that just being the graphics card. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but no, I've seen a lot of people enjoying it, and if you're able to enjoy it and somehow get used to those controls... Uh, and please, for those of you that are listening to this, and if you're like, hey, I play in my Steam Deck all the time and it's great, please tell me what those controls are like, because I'm very curious to know. So uh, please do write in with that if you are able to, if you've got one and you use it and stuff. So, Because uh, I'm very, very curious about that. Uh, anyway, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last article that I had to talk about, have you ever heard of the game uh, War Thunder? Mm, nope. I don't think so. It. War Thunder is made by Gaijin Entertainment. It's a free-to-play uh, vehicular war game, and it's been causing a lot of controversy because players of the game have been getting into pissing matches about the accuracy of various vehicles, so they do the normal, logical, reason thing of leaking military classified documents onto the forums. Hmm. And this is not the first time. 
This is not the second time. This is actually the third time that this has happened. According to the UK Defense Journal, classified military documents have been posted to the forums because a player, quote, got pissed off that some tiny aspect of the simulation was wrong. Uh, the first time it was uh, leaked information about the British Challenger 2. The second time was the French Le Cirque main battle tank. Uh, this one is about Chinese hardware. The DTC 10-125 is a high-velocity, non-explosive, 125mm Sabo round fired by the Chinese Type 96 and Type 99 main battle tank. Described by the UK Defense Journal as one of the People Liberation's Army main tank killing rounds. So this is this round is designed to take out the tanks, but not like blow it up and set it on fire. So, uh-huh. um, so the fact that a how did somebody get this, and b if somebody has this, why are they posting it on a forum? Hmm. Makes no sense. Yeah, like yeah. at all. Just in terms of tanks and vehicles and stuff for a moment, I think tanks kind of suck. Um, like any any time I've used them in any game, um. I've kind of thought like, okay, this is slow. It moves around really slow. It turns really slow. It's more sort of power over anything else. There's actually a vehicle on uh, Modern Warfare 2. Uh, sorry, Modern, uh, Mod- Modern Warfare 19. There's too many damn Modern Warfare games. The, the one that I'm playing, been playing, and it's called a Wilson. And it's basically, it's got like this little. I don't know what the bullet specifically is, but this very very powerful kind of. Um, bullet that you can shoot, but it's like a it's like a really small version of the tank, and it was actually um, specifically designed for like smaller game modes and stuff. So instead instead of playing on like Rust, which a tank is not even going to fit on that map, um, you can get like a Wilson out, and you can basically have like a, a smaller, slightly less powerful, but much quicker version of a tank, and like it moves around a lot quicker, and it's 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 just a lot better. So that's just a quick little opinion on that on that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, that's called a called a Wilson. I've not seen it on any other like games or anything, so I'm not sure uh, about that. Obviously, Battlefield's a mess, so there you go. Um, but no, that's not a very uh, smart thing to do itself. Um, it, it made me whenever whenever somebody mentions games now and mentions historical accuracy, I'll never not think of Assassin's Creed because I remember when Assassin's Creed One came out, and um, there was supposed to be in the game there was supposed to be a crossbow that you could have, which you'd think, you know, Assassin's Creed type of game, a crossbow, sounds pretty good for all stealth and all that Assassin type stuff. I remember back in in 2007, whenever Assassin's Creed 1 was, uh, and Ubisoft said, hey, we've removed this, for, removed this for historical accuracy. Go and look at Assassin's Creed now. <laughs> it's not historically accurate whatsoever. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, some people have used that as like a reference point. Um, okay, because now you've got like dragons and flying horses and w- whatever they're doing in that game now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Bit of random trivia. Do you know why it's actually called a tank? No, why is it called a tank? Because when it was originally being designed, it was codenamed as Water Carrier uh, because they were saying it was going to be an armored way to get water to the front lines of a battle. And so that Water Carrier just kind of evolved into tank and the term stuck. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, I don't know why the Wilson's called a Wilson, but it does run on wheels, so that <laughs> might be why. I don't know. But, yeah, if uh, you look into the etymology of some uh, words, it's very, very bizarre and very, very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see what happens with this. Um, but interesting stuff, nonetheless. Anything else you want to add in here? Nope, that's all I got. 
Cool. Uh, let's move on to a couple of emails. We've got two this week. One of them which is talking about um, video games for this year. So we'll talk about that one first. I've got it put in here first. So I'll go to that one first. Uh, anyway, if you want to write in, let us know what you think. What do you think of Tanks and Wilsons and uh, all that type of stuff. Uh, and anything else that we've discussed. Is there anything from the state of play that we didn't talk about that you took interest in? Or what do you think of Resident Evil? All that type of stuff as well. Um, and uh, yeah, again, if you've... Um, got a steam deck let us know your experience with uh, that as well you can write in to matthew entertainment talk.org as a twitter etalk uk you can uh, go to the contact page and information in your show notes there's also the email box on the website version of the episode you can use that which a lot of you use by the way it's uh, it's a good way to, to write in and stuff um and a clickable email name in your show notes harrison returns again and says is it just me or does this year seem absolutely paper thin for games with loads being laid delayed sorry to uh next year um yeah lots of people started talking about that this week um i think we we should start getting some as you call it over there fall dates for things um because what, what have we got this fall we've probably got well, the hogwarts legacy game assuming that doesn't get delayed we've got uh gotham knights is october uh modern warfare 2 um are ubisoft supposed to be doing assassin's creed this year because they, they obviously I they're doing they did the Dawn of Ragnarok rubbish this year, didn't they? Or, maybe or last I think possibly year, whatever that was. Uh, so maybe another Assassin's Creed. Obviously, we'll get you know sports games. Um, Starfield's delayed. That's a big, big deal for Xbox. Um, they they really need to come out with something for um, holiday this year because obviously Sony's already had Horizon, so they've already had a pretty big game. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, what else has been? Because we've got the quarry coming out in like a few days. We've got a stray coming out next month. Um, those I would consider smaller titles, though. Obviously, we got the re- we've we, we kind of got the release of the return of PlayStation One games, which I'm very much looking forward to uh, in a couple of weeks. So that's good. Those aren't obviously new games; they're very, very old games, but they're kind of making a return. Um. Is there anything else that I've forgotten that's coming out soon? Uh, I mean, I've been going through the list of what's coming out, and nothing like super exciting is jumping out. Mm. Yeah, got the two Warner Brothers ones: Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad is next year, so that's yeah. those three. Uh, oh, you got that multiverses game? Yeah, but that's just Smash with a WB skin. Right. I it's mean, cool. I'm sure it'll be cool for people that like it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't get that into it. Right. Um, you've also got the uh, the Disney Kart Racer. I think that's free to play as well. Um, yeah. That they've mentioned uh, Kirby, which recently came out that I have not played yet. Um, but yeah, we I I would be pretty shocked if we, if we come away from Summer Games Fest and the Xbox thing and whatever else is going on, and we don't have more games for the fall, I'd be very surprised about that. Um, I, I think Microsoft does need one. Because have they had a big game this year? Because Sony's had Horizon. That's their big game so far. They haven't really had like a big one. Because so, they they were really counting on Starfield, weren't they? Yeah, um, they were, they had a lot of eggs in that Starfield basket. Yeah. So, But but to me, when you've got 25 plus or however many studios, why can't you get anything out so far this year? Like, I, I know there's been all the COVID stuff and there's been delays for games and things like that. But um, that's a lot of studios. That are working yeah, on but games. think about how many studios that have been shuffled into uh, online COD support. 
I mean, just because it's right. a studio, oh, no, I mean, they're going to be get a game. No, out. I mean, for like currently owned Xbox uh, stuff, because they've got like Rare and everybody else as well. Um, yeah, I think they're just leaving them alone, letting them do their thing at their own pace. So yeah, yeah. Um, when's Hellblade supposed? To, is that next year? I can't remember what the date was. For uh, that. Let me see. Because that that would be a big game for uh, Xbox. Uh, from obviously Ninja Theory. I'm just trying to think of who else they own. Because uh, with Sony, you could obviously have God of War this year. There's a lot of talk about the uh, Eve of Factions 2 or The Last of Us remake being this year as well. Um, you could probably put both those out. Uh, sorry, God of War and The Last of Us remake, both of those out. Because I, I do keep seeing a lot of reports <coughs> about Last of Us remake being done. So um, just get that done, get it out of the door. Yeah, I found an article from april of this year they have no release date for it okay so we could hear some more from that um and we do have a uh, um uh presser next next sunday next yeah. week yeah so hopefully we get some more there um but yeah it is, it is a bit thin at the moment but i'd expect more release dates in the next what week or so after uh-huh. we have some more of this stuff um Beth uh, is t- talking about Sony. She says, uh, so the next, um, so the Sony state of play happened. When do you reckon they will talk about Spider-Man, God of War, and Wolverine? Um, well, they did specify, obviously, that this state of play wasn't for first party. It was for VR2 and third party games. Because um, even though they showed Spider-Man, that's not for, obviously, that game's been out for four years. Um, that's just for a PC port stuff that they had to advertise um i don't know because they they are kind of due to do another they called them showcases i think didn't they playstation showcases um mm-hmm. and yeah I, I i think god of war should be out this year um i don't think you'll see spider-man 2 or wolverine this year um i think you'll potentially see because ratchet and clank was last year wasn't it that was uh uh insomniac um i think you'll see spider-man 2 um, potentially next year, and then Wolverine, I still think, is a bit a bit of a way away. In fact, I think they've said 2023 or, or something like that, so um, be a Naughty Dog could come out with that Last of Us remake, obviously if you've already played it, then then that's that. Um, what other studios? What's Ubisoft doing? What's EA doing? Um, what is pathetic? Because like, you've got, I think, Machine Games for Wolfenstein, there's been some talk about that possibly coming back. Um... Because there's 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 some bridges to be rebuilt with that game with the, with that franchise. Because with the yeah, with the young with, with the Youngblood game that was a massive massive disappointment. Um, especially the way that game was set up, like with all the with the twin uh, kids and everything. So, uh, is there any th- any other studios or anybody else that you can think of that are like due to show us what they've been doing? Uh, I think we're gonna definitely see a lot because next weekend is the not E3 E3 weekend. Uh-huh. So we're definitely going to have a lot of news come out. And then, like I said, we got the presser from Microsoft on Sunday. Um, so we'll mm. definitely have a much better sense yeah. of uh, what the rest of the year is going to look like for games and games releases after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just last, anything that you would like to see from any of these? I would love an update on State of Decay 3. I mean, I've made that perfectly clear. I don't know how many times Yeah. on the pod. Yeah. Um, it's been a minute since that. Yep. There's been rumors floating around that we're going to get a Fallout New Vegas 2 announcement at the hmm. Xbox showcase. Don't know how true that is. Um, it's rumor, so we'll know in seven days. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, is Konami going to ever do anything ever again? <laughs> no, they make way more money making uh, oh. pachinko machines. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this video the other day um, of uh, so somebody playing Metal Gear Solid 1 messing about with the guards. Because there's basically, if you're, if you're walking through the snow and the guards will go, oh, footprints, who are those? And then you can go to like the metal containers, you can tap on them, and they go, oh, what was that noise? They come around. And you can literally, in a really, really fun way, obviously this is a game from the 90s, uh, so it, it's not going to have the technology of today, but uh, kind of ahead of its time in a way. And you can literally just walk around this thing, keep walking around this thing, making footsteps, making noises, and the guide will just keep getting distracted by it. Um, it almost every single thing about that game is iconic. The 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 steps, the, the the sounds of your footsteps, the sound the sounds of like when you're knocking on things, the alert sounds. Um, that that's one of the biggest wastes in gaming I've ever seen with what they're doing with or what they're not doing with Metal Gear. So, because uh, I although for for the Silent Hill fans, I'd love to see them get something good, obviously as well, and Castlevania fans. But Metal Gear is the one that I'm kind of uh, um interested in so but yeah what a waste uh there was some rumors wasn't there last year that they they were gonna maybe show up for e3 but then suspiciously cancelled so yeah um but uh which we'll see anyway that's what we've got for you for this week's uh gaming talk episode uh thank you very much for listening of course you can write in let us know what you'd like to see within the next week or so uh by the way i'm not sure when we're gonna be able to do next week's podcast but i'll arrange that with you um later on because uh that Sunday might not be quite so easy because we've got the press conference and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, But I'll sort that out with you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, games, films, main night podcasts. We've put out a whole bunch of stuff in the last couple of days. Uh, there's things coming out. There's lots of TV shows coming out. There's lots of coverage for all that kind of stuff. So just keep your eyes out on the site. Of course, you can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for Entertainment Talk. If you want updates about all of the things, just subscribe to the main feed and you'll get all of the episodes. So uh, check out that as well. Uh, you can also support us either by listening to more episodes or telling other people about our content. Just tell them where it is, how they can find it, and all that type of thing. Either by just telling them or using social media. Of course, that all helps us out as well. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers for the ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, for all that stuff, uh, for your TV and your film news, if you want those air dates, cancellations, renewals, casting news, all that type of thing, uh, check out geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. Uh, look out for those. That's run, of course, by David. Uh, you can also find some very fun, interesting uh, streams over on Twitch. If you look for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, of course, that's Beck. so go and check out what she's doing over there. You can also find her on Instagram and Twitter, so check out what she is up to. You can also find me on Twitch as well. Addy Talk UK for my different gaming streams and if you've missed any of those or the FIFA career mode episodes or the game clips there's a bunch of that stuff over on YouTube archived over there that is Entertainment Tool Plays thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye goodbye